Welcome to the Game of Flavors podcast, episode 47. My name is John, and I am joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy one year of deflation. Happy birthday to us. Yes, everybody, it's our one-year anniversary. I think we did pretty good, John. We got 47 episodes down. We got over 500 downloads. We've got... Well, those 500 downloads are only in the span of since we've been doing Podbean, actually. We've gotten over 500 downloads in our first year, and I just want to say thank you, John. I want to say thank you to everybody out there listening. We did it! And now for year two much more podcasting we've actually we've got a lot of plans we've been talking about year two everybody and uh we're going to just keep it up keep going like i said we get 47 episodes in our first year that's not a bad track record we're gonna keep going out we're gonna get bigger and better tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your family tell everybody we're coming because they're podcasting everywhere out here you know where that's from right yeah okay okay (laughs) (laughs) uh well as always um and i'm I'm excited to know what we're gonna do and uh or not know what we're gonna do but excited about what we're going to do in the next year and uh i really hope we can start recording man yeah so we've just got to get our uh all our ducks in a row we've got all the stuff we just need to figure out how it works and come up with a game plan for exactly what kind of content we want to bring but we do want to expand out into some new content if you have any ideas let us know right now we're thinking probably we're going to try to get some recording footage on as much of the uh, inflation deflation challenges as we can get to show you you know our experience with the games uh so look forward to that coming up in the future but also right now for our one year anniversary we're going to be running a contest so Everybody listening out there, hit us up on social media somewhere. Now, we know there's not a whole lot of you out there, so your chances are pretty good to win. And uh, just leave us a comment on Facebook. Send us a tweet. Leave something on our Instagram. Get us a DM. Comment on one of our pictures. Do something. Interact with us in some way to let us know that you're in and you're got a good chance to to win and what that prize is is uh yet to be determined it's but yet to be determined but we're leaning probably towards something maybe from one of our inflation deflations this year maybe we can wrestle something from john's collection and send it with like a a letter thanks for listening you know just just something to show that you know hey you've been here for this big milestone and uh we want to share it back with you sounds good to me man uh well that being said let's go into our pickups this week i had a mountain of pickups this is dude it started out i had the itch on probably thursday of last week i was just like i gotta pick something up this week it's been too long since i had like a great pickup so i found another copy of ducktales remastered figured i'll flip that really quick and get an extra 20 bucks off it which is nice and um then what was it on was it monday yeah monday i ended up picking up 
two Super Nintendos. One of them needs a new Pico fuse on the inside to uh, get it to power on, so I'm going to solder a new one of those on there. And the other one works just fine, and I picked up a few games I didn't have. So there's uh, Mickey's Magical Quest, I think, in there. Um, a few sports games I didn't have, like Street Basketball and a couple other things. And the last one was Tecmo Super Bowl. I actually didn't have that, oddly enough. So I'll get rid of most of that stuff and uh, get back my money. And uh, the big pickup was yesterday, dude. I have been waiting eight years to pick this up. So backstory for anybody that has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I was working in a game shop and we came across this odd looking gray box of a screen. Turned out it was a Vectrix. And the manager at the time was like, I can't get this thing to work, so if you want to take it, go ahead and you could take it. And it had a couple games with it, some overlays, and overall it was just really crappy condition. Thing didn't work at all. Turns out the entire inside is needs new chipsets or something, and the screen itself is good, but chipsets are bad. And uh, ultimately, it's been sitting in my garage for the longest time in hopes that somebody would be able to repair it, or I could just sell it broken and get one cheap enough that it equaled out to the broken cost. Yesterday, I finally did that, Ryan. Finally got my Vectrix, and the best part about it, complete in box. Of all the odds, complete in box Vectrix, matching serial number, perfect condition, plays great, has the minor buzzing sound that the Vectrix usually has, and I'm totally stoked, dude. It looks I mean, really good. I mean, the only issue you have is a missing overlay for one of your games. Yeah. And one of the overlays is a little bit worse for wear. But, I mean, as far as, like, having a Vectra to, like, actually play, it works great. It looks great. It was fun. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. I had a blast playing that tonight. And then on top of that, we went ahead and plugged some... Uh, content of ryan playing i think it was scramble at the time yeah uh, so that's on instagram right now so tie in on that find us on instagram facebook and twitter at game deflators on twitter and at the game deflators, the game deflators on the other ones uh and find us on podbean itunes youtube and Leave us everywhere else you can go. let us know you've been here for a year or that you appreciate that we've been here for a year I hope we sound better than we did a year ago. I would think so. And only five-star reviews. That's just a, a nice reminder. It's just what they want. It's just what they want. Yeah, just five-star reviews. Nothing so, less. So this week, uh, that's a pretty good set of pickups. That's a good haul, man. I'm that's stoked. a good haul. Yeah. So uh, this week, I actually went out and spent a little bit of money on some games, and I think I actually got more games than you did this week for a much better deal. So uh, I picked up the Apple Arcade this week. So the Apple Arcade, for anybody who's been living under a rock, is a new subscription service from Apple. You can get a free month right now. And uh, it just came out for iPad yesterday, which is what I was waiting for. It came out for iOS for mobile a little earlier, and it doesn't come out for iOS TV until... The 30th, I believe. How do you play it on the TV? Do they have like an extra controller or something? Uh, Well, you could just hook controllers up to it. Like I've heard that you can hook your controllers up to your iPad and play or your phone and play just like a uh, DualShock 4 or something. So I haven't checked that out yet. I played it for the first time over here tonight. Yeah, because seriously, I haven't consistently used an Apple product in years. Yeah, this is the only one that I use is the iPad. And it's mostly for this or D&D. But, you know, it's... 
it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's got a ton of games. I think so far I've checked out like five or six of the games, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, they all look great. It's totally worth it. Like right off the bat, the first two games I played, I was like, I don't know, maybe five to ten minutes per game. And it was already worth, I felt like I had already earned my $5 in just that, you know, 20 minutes of play right there was great. I think that this is going to be a really cool service. I think this is going to be exactly what people need in mobile gaming. And uh, I I really like it so far. So what'd you, what did you download? So I downloaded, already I've downloaded... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've already downloaded ten games, and of those ten, I've already played five of them. Yeah, and you figure from a mobile gaming perspective, your low point in mobile gaming is obviously free with well, payment. if it's a really good game and you want to give the developer, you know, like their dues, and you want to give them at least something, probably floor you're going to give them is going to be two or five dollars somewhere in that range to like get rid of ads or something yeah it's very rare that you pick up a mobile game and you're paying more than five bucks but these don't have any of that these don't have any ads they don't you don't pay anything extra they're just i mean 10 games that of the five of them i would say that most of them are at least a five dollar game for the most part, from what I've seen so far, I would say that at least two or three of those are $5 games. So I've already saved, in a sense, $10, not to mention the other 10 games, not to mention the fact that it launched with 53, and I think it's supposed to have over 100 by the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's what we had mentioned last week, is 100 so, plus by fall is yeah, what they were so aiming for. It's going to be really crazy when these come out. So what we did this week, folks, we're going to do a little bit oh, of a... Hold on, Ryan. Oh, whoa, hold whoa, on. whoa, whoa, what? Hold on. That's all I picked up. Well, we got to talk about games that we're currently playing. Oh, that's right. I got too excited. You got way too excited way on that. Way too excited. And so I'm... what have you been currently playing, John? What Let me you... guess. You're still playing. I, I'm still playing Sukoden 2. That is correct. Um, I'm much further, though. So I put in probably... Over the weekend, I'd say about maybe four or five hours on the weekend, uh, just level grinding and, and kind of getting through. I think I've picked up 89 of 108 characters, and cool enough, when you're in the actual, uh, after you beat Luca Blight, which I ended up doing, um, it has an option, like a side quest, so you can go and pick up the original character or the main character from Sukunum 1. He doesn't talk or do anything, but you can pick him up and use him in your party for different I've heard that you can take a character all the way from one to three. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like, well before Mass Effect did. I'll have to look at that. Because you do that because you have data on your memory card. Well, yeah, that's how I... Yeah, that might be what they're talking about. So I think it transfers again from two to three again. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's going to be a pain in the butt because it's saved onto my PlayStation 3. So now I have to get a memory card adapter to be able to pull my data off the PlayStation 3. That sucks. Um, well, basically, yeah, you take the main character from the first Sukaden, and he is in the second one, and he's got all these really cool abilities. The only thing that sucks is, like, he doesn't join your party. What happens is you have to go through this long, winding forest to get to the city where he's located, like his the town that he was in initially, which is the town from the first one that was liberated. 
and you pretty much get in my game he's like dull but it, he's technically mech dull in the game and um yeah you can use him whenever you want but every time you want to use him you have to traverse through the forest get to him say hey i want you in my party and then he comes back but at any point where your party resets he goes back and then you have to go back through the forest and find him again it's it's is he worth it oh yeah totally man like he has some magic attacks that'll right now deal like a thousand damage Mm -hmm. totally worth it to have him in the party um and then on top of that i know i mentioned last week i was going to play silent hill or resident evil uh you didn't no, you well, chickened out. Of course I didn't chicken out. So I ended up picking up, well, I guess tied to my pickups uh, this week, I grabbed Resident Evil, I think it's Origins, which is on the uh, PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. and it has a remake of Resident Evil 1. So it's the GameCube remake remastered on the PS4. Yeah. Along with, I think it was Resident Evil 0, if I'm correct, is also on there. So all of my other, I have all the other Resident Evils, um, just graphically, my wife didn't want to deal with a PlayStation 1 Resident Evil game, so we end up getting a remastered. And that's the reason we're not doing Silent Hill is because the graphics are just so poor for that game right now. I'll play it, but she won't. Yeah, I yeah. I know how that can be. But the one I'm most excited about, Ryan, I am almost done beating Alien Isolation. Yeah. Yeah, so Alien Isolation so far has been one of the most amazing games I've played on the PS4, horror-wise. It's just so cool, like... Having to go through the ship, it's not the Nostromo that I'm on. I think I'm on... The Nostromo's from the Well, movie, it's right? referenced a lot within the actual game itself. Um, I forget the name of the ship I'm on. You don't have to look it up. But basically, you're in the ship, and um, you end up going to like this base. And when you finally get to the base, it turns out there's all these people dying, and there's crazy shit going down. And it's because of the alien, obviously. And then come to find out that all the androids on the ship are also going crazy. So it's this whole long-winded story about where this company ended up picking up the ship and everything's gone haywire and they're basically trying to use the alien and all of its eggs for, I guess, spoiler alert, uh, for experimentation on the ship. And so right now I'm at the very end. I finally found the alien nest and it is crazy. There are aliens everywhere, there are face huggers everywhere, and there's flamethrowers and bombs, and I am so excited, dude. So um, my wife and I have been playing that. After about 30 minutes of gameplay, she was like, nope, screw this, and threw the controller to me. But she's been watching ever since, and it's been pretty sweet. So uh, that is my pickups in gaming of this week, Ryan. Uh, playing. Currently playing is Gaming, yeah. Picking up and gaming. So, uh... I did not get a whole lot of gaming time in this last week. I had a lot of stuff going on, but I did play like another 45 minutes or an hour of Zone of the Enders second runner, and I couldn't beat the boss. I basically just tried the boss fight over and over and over and over again, and it's just really hard. I just have to... It's just so frustrating because you get so far into the battle, but you reach a point where you're either too hurt or she's either too hurt that you know that you're not going to make it. Like, you know that it's like, it doesn't matter how hard I rally, I'm going to kill her or she's going to kill me before I can beat this boss battle. And I've only gotten her down because you're not killing her health, you're deleting her AI by grabbing her after stunning her. 
and there's just no other way to do it. There's no easy way to do it. You just have to match her blow for blow, not hurt her, not get too far away from her, and not let her just wreck you. It's just a balance, and it's just something that I need to sit down and beat my head against until I can get through because there's nothing, there's no way around it or any other choice but to do it. What about a YouTube video? I, I looked. <laughs> I looked. I looked up a game fact. I, I looked up a game fact. I didn't look up a YouTube video because I know what the strategy is. I know what to do it. It's just a matter of executing precisely. Did you just say executing? Yeah. Did, did you just reference Pokemon? No, executing something is... Executing. You said executing. Oh, well, I just mispronounced it. I was not I was not making a Pokemon reference, although I did see one Pokemon news thing this week that I didn't know about. Well, is that a good segue into our news for this week? Well, no, I also... I beat the uh, Desert Palace in uh, The Legend of Zelda... Uh, Link's Awakening. No, not Link's Awakening. That's the new one that came out. Uh, yeah, the new one that just came out. Yeah, no, that's not the one. I'm playing the other one. I'm playing the one for Super Nintendo. Oh, Link to the Past? Link to the Past for GBA. Oh, I didn't know you were playing that. Yeah, I, I talked about it a long time ago, like weeks ago I mentioned it. And then I kind of started playing a little bit of... Um, uh. What was the other game I started playing? I don't know. I, I've been playing all kinds of games on my Game Boy still. And not finishing them. And not finishing it. But, I mean, just messing around. Like, it's it's fun to play a little bit of Link the Past here because I'm not, like, it's not a super big game of mine, you know? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But it's just something I do if I'm bored and I have my Game Boy on me. It's kind of like me of Sukunen 2. It's not my main game because <laughs> apparently I'm playing, like, other things and beating them left and right, but it's there. Yeah. Well, anyways, this week... You, wait, you don't want to mention any news? Well, I don't know. Dude, there's not much news this week that I want you to talk about. You just made a Pokemon news reference. Yeah, but it was... Uh, so, so anybody who didn't already know, I didn't already know, but I a lot of people know. already know. I still don't know. You're, there's not going to be all the Pokemon in the new Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, okay, it's that I It's just going to have the ones that are in that region. Well, yeah, I mean, think about the development on that. It would take forever. Well, they've done it for every other Pokemon game up until well, now. Yeah, but still, Every man. other Pokemon game has had all of the last it'll Pokemon probably, It'll probably it. be DLC. Right? <laughs> I don't know. the Kanto region for I don't 100. Care. I'm not going to get this one anyways. I got suckered in with Let's Go, Pikachu, Let's Go, Eevee. Yeah, me too. But it's just I like... I have to beat it too. I'm just not... I'm not interested in Pokemon anymore. I think I'm just at the point where I can actually say it out loud and not feel bad about it. Yeah, I wouldn't feel bad about it, man. Well, just I, for I nostalgia, would... like, I bought, like, almost every Pokemon game up until Sun and Moon, and I was just playing less and less of each one, and it's just, it's taken me this long to just be like, you know what, I can let it go. It was from my childhood. I had a good time with it. It doesn't mean that I have to keep up with it anymore. Yeah, what's funny, man, is I own probably every Pokemon game that's come out, at exactly. least one of the versions, right? Exactly. Like, I, I own a physical copy. I think I'm, like, halfway through Ruby. Yeah. Like, that's where I stopped. Yeah. Because other games came along, and I just, I want to play them at some point, like, go through them, but I just never have the time to, like... They're just all the same, exactly. and until they really go back and do something new, I'm not really ready. Yeah, and that's where I thought, like, the Pokemon, like, Let's Go Pikachu would be a little different, just because and of what they were doing. And it just wasn't different enough. Yeah, it, well, it was different enough, but 
after a while, it was like, yeah, I'm just grinding Pokemon again. Yeah. Like, it's all it was. There was never... That's why I like... Um, I want to play the GameCube versions, because I don't think those are grinding, necessarily. I think it's more of an RPG-style element, if I'm correct. Like I've never played style. either of those. I don't know too much about them. I, I have them. There's, I I remember seeing them and wanting to play them as a kid. And well, maybe we should do inflation deflation with them at some point. I I think you need longer than what we give a game like that to. Maybe it's like a three week inflation deflation. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, okay, so that was your side news. side content. Yeah, side content on that. Uh, some other news. Uh, Mario Kart Tour came out. On, oh, uh, is that out? Yeah, or it's supposed to be out, as far as I read. Okay, we should definitely check that out. Yeah, so the Mario Kart game for mobile came out, and then um, Sony had their conference uh, recently. That or they're, you know, they're basically the equivalent. Whatever they're, they're equivalent talking to a Nintendo about, Direct yeah. or whatever. So they did their thing. State of play. Yeah, their state of play. And uh, Last of Us Two gameplay, and it comes out February of 2020. Yeah, dude, that is sweet. Like, that is so much sooner than I expected. I'm just... You, really? It was the only... It was, like, the biggest thing that Sony showed before... Well, it was one of the three big things Sony showed at... Not la- this year, but last year's E3. Like, you really well, thought it was going to take that much longer? No, it, it's not that I thought it would take that much longer. It's because, given the life cycle right now of the PlayStation 4 and where they're at... It seemed to me Wait, like you it thought might going to come out for PS5. Yeah, I thought there might be a possibility they pushed it to PS5, but what they'll probably well, didn't do. Didn't The Last of Us come out right near the end of the PS3? Yeah, and I thought about that, and it's made me realize more and more that they will likely have a Last of Us PS5 version that comes out, just like they did for PS4. God, it's it's just so bothersome that they're like remastering games that are already like full hd games it's like well this hd game needs like an hd remaster now to be fair the last of us on ps3 while it looked great it wasn't ps4 graphics i just i never played it long enough to really matter i i know it's supposed to be a really good game i had an okay time with it and then i got to like an okay time with it right i got to this place where i had to do all this stealth and i just wasn't having it i couldn't get past it i was like screw this oh jeez man you know me in games but it's like at the time, I got it when I got, like, three games at the same time. Like, it was one of those deals, like, I bought my PS3, and I got Last of Us, Resistance, and um, what was the other one? Little Big Planet. I love all those games. But those I got are all great. Yeah, I got all three of them at the same time, so it's like I had my choice of stuff to do. I gotcha. So and it was already late in the life cycle, and those were just like the three games that I got when I got it. You know? So yeah. it and then I didn't have that PS3 for very long. I ended up getting rid of it, not getting my PS3 again until uh Grand Theft Auto five came out and I got a new bundle. Makes sense. Yeah, I think you mentioned that a while back. Well, I got a PS3 twice. The yeah. first time I got it, every time I bought a console, I got like the buy two or buy two get one free used games. So it's like I always bought a console and got like four games with it. Yeah. That's I mean, how I did it. I've always had my other means of or ways of getting games, but to each their own. Yeah. Well, 
Uh, now we can get into your exciting moment here, Ryan. So, so the I'll let exciting you go through. news. So what we're doing this week, folks, is we're going to do a head-to-head. So John had this sweet pickup. He got his Vectrix Arcade system. That's what it says on the box. And I got the Apple Arcade. So what we did was we took John's games from his Vectrix, and we found four games of a similar genre, brand new released for the Apple Arcade. And it's kind of cool because these are both self-contained experiences that are their own. Like these games for the Apple Arcade, you can only play on an Apple device, which has its own screen. And so does the Vectrix. You can only play those games. Well, not all of them, but you can only play these versions of these games on the Vectrix. Uh, I know the one was a port of an actual arcade game. So, well, it was basically a big arcade and turned into a little yeah. arcade. So we've got two self-contained screened systems playing exclusive games. And we're going to see where these games started off. And then we're going to take a look at their modern counterparts and we're going to take a, a, a little bit here and a little bit there. And we're going to see how these kind of match up and what we think about these arcade experiences. And to give people a little bit of history on the Vectrix arcade system. Tell them, Johnny. Which uh, brings real arcade play home. So it was released in 1982 after uh, a year or so of development by, what was it, General Consumer Electric, I believe is the company. And uh, they had the console out for about a year. And it was picked up by Milton Bradley, uh, who invested in it. And right about that time, uh, known in Japan as Atari Shock, the video game crash happened. And um, Vectrix, soon after that, was reinvested by another company. And shortly after that, they ceased production. So the console was literally out for about, it was November of 1982 until sometime in 1984. So you're looking at a little under two years of a life cycle for this console. And in total, over those two years, it only had 29 official release games. Uh, since then, there's been tons of homebrews made, which is pretty cool. I was actually looking it up yesterday. There's still people on, like, threads making Vectrix games, selling homebrews. Like, it's actually, for what it is, there's actually a lot of modern-day support. alive? Yeah, there's a lot of modern-day support for this console. You can get... Um, the actual overlays, like people make reproduction overlays, there's reproduction games. And in fact, the company ended up owning the Vectrix, like the rights to it in the early 90s, uh, told people like, yeah, there's not a lot of support for this console. Go ahead and make games. They just Go like ahead. opened it up. Yeah, they just opened it up and are like, as long as it's non-profit on that, go ahead and do what you want. Now, obviously it's for profit. Now I'd imagine, you know, you've got patents and stuff that have gone over time. Uh, but it's still really cool to see, like, there's multi-carts and brand new games that are coming out on the console. It's pretty sweet. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, find. So uh, if, if you're listening, uh, definitely check it out. Find game gameplay on YouTube. Look up the history on it. It's got a really in- interesting history. So continue, Ryan. Yeah, it was very fun to play that. So um, <clears throat> let's start off with our first game. So... First up, we're going to go with uh, John's Vectrix sporting the Cosmic Chasm. Cosmic Chasm came out in 1982. It's uh, by Cinematronics and General Consumer Electric, 
who uh, made a lot of the games because I believe it's made by them. It's got GCE right on the box. General Consumer Electronics Console, first party game, uh, Cosmic Chasm. And on the other side, we've got for the Apple Arcade, Bleak Sword. Bleak Sword released by uh, More 8-Bit and uh, published by Digital Devolver. Uh, super cool game so let's let's get into these john so uh you and i and to give people a little idea before you jump in this uh ryan wanted us to score the overall game from an a to like a, a we grade did like score. a grading score and just to kind of get a general impression of what we thought about the game and then a one through four as in one being the one you like the most four the one you like the least yeah so uh let's start off with uh, cosmic chasm so cosmic chasm a uh, pretty interesting game for the Vetrix. You are uh, some type of ship. You've got a drill on the front of your ship. You have a shield that can go around you. You have a move button and a shoot button. And then you have like tank controls on the joystick. So you just move around. You have uh, enemies that swarm into you each it looks like asteroids or something coming towards you. Yeah, each, Not necessarily enemies. Each room you go into... Okay, let, let me start from the beginning. So you start off in a room. And in this room, there are little squares that are enemies. There are different tunnels that you can go through. And there's a circle in the middle which starts to grow as you take longer in the room. And you got to blow up all the things that are bouncing around the room and go up to the sides. And you can tunnel through. And then it'll take you into a map. And you can see all these different interconnected directions and when you go into the rooms you can kill all the enemies choose where to go you've got a big map i never really found out exactly where we were going but there was there was lots of options there was lots of control you had a lot of different things that you were trying to do uh to control and manage your ship and manage the enemies and it felt like a much larger experience with the connectivity of the tunnel system and the the map yeah, now a lot of other games i feel like would have just been like you know here's level one here's level two here's level three there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on this was the only game that really had like a larger scale putting it all together yeah and while a lot of it looked the same it did give you that feel of a very expansive world and that just the controls i mean you were playing with all four buttons uh, which some of the games we played had all four buttons or allowed you, like two of them were basically the same as the other two. And it was just cool being able to go into the different parts and then know like, okay, here's the next part of this map I have to go to. All right, let me go ahead and defeat these enemies. Like, And there was a little bit more difficulty between each section. So I thought that was really cool. And just having to use all four, you had a, a shield, a drill, a thrust, and uh, an actual uh, dual missile as well. Yeah. So, and you yeah. couldn't aim straight at the enemies either because your missiles would go around them. You actually had to aim slightly off because it seemed like I would shoot and it wouldn't hit the enemies. Like you had to really try to get them in line. It was kind of particular and that kind of got me a few times when it sped up. And the drilling component was interesting too because when you went to those blinking lines, it's not like you could speed up, have your drill on, and go through. Like if you were to speed all the way through, yeah, and you'd try just to crash drill, into you'd it, crash and burn, right? So you had to actually like 
physically go up slowly to this edge mm-hmm. and drill your way through and then continue on. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, it is I... very primitive. Now, these games are all very primitive, and the uh, the screen is just the lights and you know the numbers where the score is and where the lives are. So you actually have these clear plastic screens that have some color and some instructions printed on them and some slight graphics and you lay that over the screen that kind of gives you a a coloration and this game had kind of like a red i think Mm -hmm. to it and uh, little windows for your score so it's uh kind of like a miniature put on and take off cabinet graphics that go with the games yeah totally man and dude, the light on the Vectrix was sweet. I mean, yeah, it you was could just... totally see this super clear, very obvious what's happening, very interesting, and it uh, it was really for as simple as it is, the game really felt like a space. I think because of the map and because of uh, everything kind of I don't know everything kind of blended together in a way that really made me feel like. This is like a game in a place and I'm doing something. I may not know exactly what that is, but I know that there's more going on here. Well, here's the thing. It, I mean, it obviously says in a box, brings real arcade play home. It really did feel to me like we were out at like Starfighters. Yeah. You know, like playing one of those older arcade yeah. systems. Like that's... I want this bigger. If this was bigger and I, you know, could really get my hands on it and really felt like I was in control with like larger buttons and stuff. I would feel real, real comfortable at that. Yeah. Um, are we going to do grades after each game or are we going to talk about the other game and then give a grade? Uh, let's do both games and then do our thoughts on the two as a pair. All right. So you'll probably have to explain most of these because I think you have all the info. But uh, Bleak Sword, the so, iOS game, that one, uh, I know you had already kind of given a description of who it was. But so basically to me it felt kind of like an 8-bit version of dark souls mixed with uh salt and sanctuary yeah it really has that feel of you know weightier more kind of thoughtful combat rather than your generic just like run around and slap buttons hack and slash kind of kind of deal you have like a stamina that you're trying to deal with you have like a a block dodge parry kind of system going on where it's like okay do i want to block and parry here do i want to roll do i just want to block like how do i want to take each individual hit and it also had very very simple 2d graphics like this looks like a game that you could you know not render on the vectrix but it definitely is a very old school looking simple game but it has a lot of depth like they managed to really put some 3d space in there with very little actually going on and it it definitely looks incredible so what was your reason again for this being the counterpart to cosmic chasm so these games both show well they both have uh more control you have like uh, a block you have movement you have an attack you have different options 
that you can approach each situation. Okay, how do I want to get around these enemies that are coming right at me? You also have multiple screens that you're going through. Each screen is kind of its own. Okay, kill all the enemies and move on. But where is moving on taking you? Where's your next step? There's no real reason to go back, but you're definitely doing more than just this one screen uh, of stuff. And you're building, you know, kind of, okay, what's next? Gotcha. And that honestly, um, I know we had, we're going to score these, but I really liked Bleak Sword a lot. Like out of the ones that we played, that was one of my favorite ones. The controls for this one were very interesting. So it's, it's, most of these being, you know, mobile games at heart are essentially kind of twin sticky. So in this one, though, instead of having movement, your right side of the screen, you can swipe to dodge roll. You can uh, tap the left side to block. You can hold the left side and swipe the right side to light attack. Hold the left side, charge up, swipe for heavy attack. Uh, block at the right time, swipe at the enemy to parry attack. And that's basically all the controls. It's just, you know, touching and holding on the left side and swiping on the right side in ways that move you around and control your basic functions. So out of the games that we played on the Apple Arcade, this one in my mind, I'm really not somebody that likes playing touchscreen-based games. I'm absolutely terrible at trying to keep my thumb on the actual screen itself. So there's times where I'm like trying to get through and I just don't hit what I need to hit Uh because my thumb slips off somewhere else. And so... This one in particular, you don't have to worry about that so much. Like well, as long as you have are tapping designated this... target zones, it's basically just half the screen is one, half the screen is the other, which makes yeah. it way easier. I do very much prefer controls like that. Yeah, same here. And so during my time playing it, this was the one that I was able to pick up and within a minute i understood the controls right away i was like all right i'm good to go i can totally play this mm-hmm. and i was kicking some ass in the first like four or five levels that i played yeah so uh well scores on this so uh on this one so round one we've got uh you and i both totally agreed on bleak sword we both said this is an a plus game this is totally worth it this alone makes Apple Arcade something that I would invest in. This is easily a $5 game. I would pay that $5. I would be happy to pay that $5. Now, do I want to pay that $5 every month for just this game? No, but that's why it's got, you know, 52 others and 50 more coming. So that'll be a whole different thing. But I would say that for just downloading and giving it a try, a plus number one. This is my number one out of the four for yeah, the Apple Yeah, my Arcade. number one as well on out of the four that we played. Now, we did differ for the Vectrix, however. You gave Cosmic Chasm a C and said this was your fourth rated game. I gave it an A and said it was my second. I think that what this game showed was way ahead of a lot of the other ideas of the other Vectrix games, like I already think this this looks like a more evolved version of what we're going to see a little bit later on. 
And I, I just think it had a lot to offer. And I think that given more time playing this game, I was already starting to figure more stuff out. And I'd like to be able to explore around the whole map and see what else all is actually out there. Besides, I tried to make it to the core and I didn't know what to do from there. So I'm sure there's some way to get past that core. And it just lies out there in the map somewhere. I got to find it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, for me, I just... I didn't like it as much as the other ones. It was a little slower paced. A little uh, bit, yeah. Yeah, so it had a little bit of a slower pace than I would have liked for this type of game. And while it did have a lot going for it, there were times I felt there was a little too much going for it. And you're trying to manage four buttons while dodging enemies and trying to slowly drill into a hole while this other thing's expanding. And for me, while the, it is a pretty expansive game, it didn't give me that, like, I have to keep playing this feeling mm -hmm. like I never had a moment where I'm like, all right, I got to get to the next part or I really want to get to the next you part. You didn't of the have core. that moment where the game kind of like you get it and then you're like, okay, I get it now. Now I know what to do. And then it gives you like the motivation and the direction to go in. Yeah. I just, there wasn't that for me in this game, yeah. at least personally. So that that's really why I gave it a C and that's more of a personal grade than anything else. Mm -hmm. All right. So next up, we have uh, built in with the Vectrix Mindstorm. Here's a 1982. Obviously, came out with the jet the Vectrix. It was developed by General Consumer Electronics. Here's an interesting thing uh, that I was reading yesterday. So one of the rarest games on the Vectrix console is uh, Mindstorm Two, mm -hmm. and the reason it's so rare is because there was supposed to be a thing where if people had issues with Mindstorm on the Vectrix. If you were to contact GCE, they would send you a copy of Mindstorm 2 for free. Well, evidently, not a lot of people cashed in on that opportunity, so the game itself became extremely rare. They just rare. didn't make that. Yeah, maybe. I think a loose copy is like 900 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's at least pretty, last I saw. Yeah, That's pretty good. So, little tidbit. So, uh, would you would you think of Mindstorm? So, Mindstorm is the first Vectrix game I ever played. Uh, I like I said, eight if years. If you owned a Vectrix, you own Mindstorm. Exactly. So eight years, I have wanted to play a Vectrix. I booted it up yesterday. Mindstorm was started right away. It was fun. It felt to me uh, like Asteroids, which is pretty much the it's, equivalent. It's very much equivalent to Asteroids, yeah. although it does have like some UFOs and some things kind of coming at you. It's a little less just like dodge the physics objects because there is some that kind of enemy versus you and also the explosions the explosive radiuses you have to avoid when you're mm -hmm. exploding because they're mines well they're not I, rocks they're I mines i don't recall but an asteroid can you like zip between different parts of a screen yeah you go okay. off one side and come okay. through the other yeah it's been a while since i played it um so yeah this one was pretty cool man you have all these bigger ass or not asteroids but mines and you hit them and then they Come, like they blow up and turn into like three and then you hit one of those and turns into two so basically one big mine turns the equivalent of like 12 little mines over time and it was pretty sweet dude i, I love the explosions i love the sound of it um the controls were very fluid one, uh the overlay was very simple there's not really yeah. much going on it's mostly just kind of like Here's a grid. And dude, it the, colors it blue. The overlay like really brings out these games. Like yeah. seriously, like you wouldn't think that a Instead plastic of just overlay being does black that. Black and white. That little hint of blue is like okay now. Yeah. Now it's got a feel. Yeah, exactly. And so this one, super fluid controls, um, a thrust, 
and you had another button that allowed you to like warp to different parts of the screen. I didn't use that too much. And one where you could actually shoot the missiles. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. And uh, I liked it. it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a much simpler game, but it was it was pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, our next one was uh, ex- not Explode Kittens. Explotins. Uh, Explotins, yeah. I kept putting Explode Kittens because you you're a cat. everywhere. I did do it everywhere. It's uh, Explotins. So Explotins is a twin stick shooter where you're a cat in a plane. And it's a lot like Lufraiser, if you've ever played that, which is a really awesome game that I love. And um, you just do loop-de-loops, you shoot, you get... It looks like you get some more power-ups later on. The intro was totally weird and crazy. These weird cat people. It looks like a meme version of SWAT cats, basically. It's it's all kind of weird and interesting. But it was... Um, graphically, maybe not my cup of tea. And the game was fun. And the controls worked well. But having played Lufraiser before, I think that that's a much better version of this game. Now, if I get a little bit further, I get some more customization. I, you know, get some options that make this more fun. You know, we'll have to see where it goes. But as of now, I think I've seen this game done better. Yeah, so this game for me, while graphically I felt it was pretty good and the overall physics of the game were really cool... I could not get over that targeted control. Like you have a little circle on one side and a little circle on the other. And if you just look at this your thumb, is that same problem you were just talking about that yeah. bleak sword gets around. Yeah, exactly. So this was like I was doing pretty well and then like I'm trying to shift around and my cat's flying in the opposite direction from where I want to go. And I'm like, all right, well, let me shift it this way. And the cat goes down instead. It just I hate those types of controls. Yeah. I really do. And uh this was a pure example of that. But overall, it was it was pretty fun. Wasn't That'd bad. be cool if there was a way to hook up the Vectrix controller to the iPad and play this game. Yeah, good luck with that, <laughs> man. Have you seen the, the inputs on that no. thing? Yeah, that's weird. Um, so, scores? Uh, so, on these ones, these were a little bit simpler games. Um, you and I didn't agree on these ones very much. So, uh, you gave Mindstorm an A. And uh, said it was your second. And you gave Explotins a B and said it was your third. I gave each of these games a C plus and they were the number four for me. I, I was not a huge fan of either of these games. Like I said, I playing both of these, I just wanted to play Lufraiser. I understand that, uh, you know, Mindstorm obviously is an older game and I can't hold that against it and it was a good solid attempt at asteroids but i don't think that it's really its own game a whole lot more than asteroids i can see the differences and i do think like the ship looked cool the graphics were nice it's a good game if you're gonna bundle something in it it's the obvious go-to game but i just neither of these really does it for me yeah, understandable, man. Well, uh, like I said, I like the asteroids, and uh, on this uh, Explotins, it was all right. Not my favorite, but it's playable. 
All right, next up we have Scramble. Scramble is actually a port of the arcade game made by Konami. Uh, that came out in 1981, so when the Vectrix came out, uh, it seemed like probably a good, you know, hey, this is a good popular game, let's get this on our system, and that'll be the uh, the mover. So funny enough, the last time you and I went out to the arcade, I was playing a lot of Scramble and just mm-hmm. never thought about it. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool, let me play this game, and I got pretty far in it, I actually enjoyed it while we were at the arcade, so... Interesting that I happen to have it on a Vectrix as well. Yeah, this was easily, uh, I'll just cut to the chase on this one. Easily, you and I both gave this A plus number one. This was the best game that we played on the Vectrix. I'm not even going to waste time beating around it because it was just above and beyond. Like, even all the stuff that you had going on in Cosmic Chasm, like the, you know, level of control and the level of what the game conceivably was this was a really smooth side-scrolling uh shooter uh you drop bombs shoot straight across you got things coming up in the it wasn't always the same if you noticed as you played through different rockets would be launching up it wouldn't be the same every time well i don't know if you got far enough to where you're pretty much in like an asteroid field at some point where uh-huh. you just have things flying at yeah. you and all you're doing yeah, is yeah, dodging it's just dodging yeah so i got to that part um and yeah you could speed your ship up as well mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily need to hang back and just shoot like you can move forward and go past things you gotta watch your fuel gauge yep there's there's a lot more happening this game was really the best of the ones that we played and the level of control, I always felt like it was my problem. It, like it wasn't the game's fault. You know, in some of the, some of the other games we played, it was like, oh, I just, I, I couldn't do anything. I was hitting the button and I wasn't shooting anymore. And this, if I got hit by something, it, it was easily something I could have avoided. And it was all on me. And that's, that's a good measure for a game. Definitely do. So uh, both of us, A-plus and a 1. A-plus, number 1 on this. Now, on the other side of the Apple Arcade, we checked out Agent Intercept. Now, Agent Intercept is kind of one of those uh, spy car, what was the, spy hunter. Spy hunter. Spy yeah. hunter games. It's kind of like that. But it's got some drift mechanics. It's got uh, a very, you know, loose kind of interpretation of what Scramble was going for. But it's that same you know, moving up and down a plane to be in line with things, dodging, shooting. Uh, this had the great boost and drift mechanic. The graphics look really good. And it was, I had a ton of fun with the controls. I love the music and the the gorgeous, colorful graphics on this. We've been playing on an iPad, uh, not just the standard, not the mini, not the pro. It looks fantastic. I thought the controls were good. Yeah, uh, this one again, though, was one of those situations where my thumb kept slipping. Mm-hmm. So there were times where I was trying to go left and right and I was hitting vehicles mm-hmm. uh, because my thumb was off screen or because I'd gone too far to the right and I was just screwing up on the overall, like, where I needed to go. It, again, a victim of having a spotted section where you have to do controls for this well, game. Well, and you're not I- very in tune with this control style. So, like, if you were to have an iPad and you were, like, given the option of these games, I mean, I'm sure 
it wouldn't take you too long to make some of those adjustments on the games where you're just kind of lane shifting as opposed to really moving all over the place. Well, I mean, I can tell you, I've played a lot of simple style of games on my mobile device, um, mainly emulators and such like Super Nintendo and those NES have the and worst such, controls. And, and, and well, really Game Boy too. So the Game Boy ones you'd think would be okay. Well, the problem is you're on the screen. There's no separate like. Well, I mean, you're on the screen on this too. Well, yeah, but the size of this screen is like. Well, yeah. You're not blocking anything by holding it down here. Well, when I play Game Boy games on my phone, it's usually the screen is up top and my controls are on the bottom. Ah. Yeah. So. Uh, in those instances, I run into the same problem. See, I've that's been playing why I just carry an actual Game Boy. Yeah, and I've been playing <laughs> that for years. Like I've got Tetris and other stuff that I'll I'll play when Nothing I have a moment. Nothing beats a real Game Boy for mobile gaming. Oh yeah, like if you throw Tetris DX and have me play that on a Game Boy versus my phone, I will 100% kill it on a Game Boy yeah. every time. Um, so yeah, basically, I'm a victim of that, but. I think I rated this one pretty high still, right? Yeah. So this one is by uh, Pickpock. And I forgot to mention, Explosions is by We Are Play. So I've, I've not heard of any of these these makers. I'm not a big mobile gaming. But, you know, they did a really good job with these games. Uh, this one, you and I were pretty close to. Uh, you said B+, I said B. We both gave this our number two. I think that uh, it really stood out as being, you know, not quite as good as Bleak Sword, but definitely better than Explotins. And this is another game that I'll probably play more of this one. Probably won't be going too much into Explotins, but this is definitely a game that I'm like, yes, this is something to check out. And then uh, the last one that we had on here, uh, we had uh, Armor Attack. For the Vectrix now, Armor Attack. Uh, this was also uh, Cinematronics, but some guy named Tim Skelly, Tim Skelly and Cinematronics made this one. This came out actually. This was the oldest of them. This was 1980, so I don't really know anything about that. But Armor Attack. It was uh, pretty cool. I like the graphics on it. Uh, you could really see like. Uh, let's talk about the basics of this gun, John. So, top-down shooter with a little—I don't want to say it was You're a like tank. a jeep. It was like a jeep that shot missiles. It was weird. So you have that, and then um, you have different blocks surrounding you within the screen, and it kind of looked like you were in a city center yeah. square, and then there were two other tanks. buildings around you mm -hmm. with it the two tanks, and then you had a helicopter coming every now and then. Now this game in particular, though. I thought really showcase a Vectris, Vectrix's sound system mm -hmm. that was built in. So when that helicopter you came could through, hear that helicopter. you could totally you hear knew it. it was a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. So this game in particular um, really did showcase the sound quality of this system. And what's funny is that the system itself has poor sound issues with wiring and grounding uh, that results in like buzzing on the side. So the fact that you know you have like this great helicopter sound coming through and the sounds of these tanks and the firing of all that. Pretty cool how it all came together. Now, this was the only one that you didn't have a graphic for. Yeah, and I don't know if there is one. We'll have to... Yeah, you know what? There is a graphic for it. I think it's green. So, again, man, like, those three games that I had copies for and then the two graphics for Scramble and then I, I had the random one for uh, um, 
Mindstorm as well. So I have two of those. Uh, it was just part of whenever somebody traded into mm-hmm. a store, those games happened. Whether to be it with, came with it or not. Yeah, that was just what came with that lot in particular that we had picked up. And man, seriously, looking back at it, I know that Vectrix was sitting on that top shelf in our back room for easily like six years. Mm-hmm. Like nobody had ever touched it. And it was just sitting there, and it's because oh well, we couldn't get the work. I'm like, well, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not, if you're gonna throw it out, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a matter of putting in the elbow grease because this is, this is not a common system, like you said earlier. I mean, it's pretty expensive, and you know, it does have a lot of support. So it is, from a collector's standpoint, do you think that the Vetrix is more worthy of jumping into than some other obscure systems like a Virtual Boy or something? Uh, not really. Um, so this particular one, the only reason I wanted a Vectrix so bad is because I had the one that I received and it just wasn't working. And so I've always wanted to play it and add it to my collection. But the big pain point I had was that getting a new, not a new one, but getting one of these in working order is easily like $350. Yeah. Like just working order to get it with the box or anything else you're looking at you know, 500 at times, even mm-hmm. up to six without any games and broken. I think I've got mine broken right now for like almost 200 bucks, like broken. Yeah. It sells for that. So the fact that I was able to pick this up for the price point I did is well worth like the investment. Um, but from a gaming perspective, you know, unless, unless you're okay with buying uh, reproduction carts, this isn't a type of console that you would want to collect for if you're just kind of a casual collector. Yeah. If you're hardcore. Too yeah. If you're hardcore into these types of games, great. But like, you know, you're looking at Scramble is easily like one of the cheaper games and it's sitting at almost 20 bucks for mm-hmm. like one of the cheaper games. So, and that's just a loose cart. And granted, there's only 29 carts. So to get a complete in box set, and also to get not a complete in box, but to get a complete set of Vectrix games it's going to be damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. There's games on here that, you know, are in the less than a hundred in existence type of situation. It's just too expensive. Yeah. To it, really... You would have to be okay with getting reproduction cards mm-hmm. and there's tons of homebrews. So that's the other thing too. Like the list of homebrews I saw was like 40 or 50. So there's deep. a lot available. There's a lot of homebrews out there, but the problem is, is where are you going to find these homebrews? Like, are you going to find them on eBay? Who's making the cards for those? Yeah, yeah. so there's a, a lot of that going on, too. It's a really cool system, but if you're a casual collector, I would say, you know, it's cool to have the console, and if you can pick up some games, awesome, but don't look to try and complete this thing. Like, that would be a lifetime achievement in my mind. Yeah. Well, we've got one more game to go over. That is Dead End Job. Uh, for uh, Head Up GmbH uh, was the maker on that one and this was a really weird one guys so this one starts off with like a theme song about a paranormal guy and his dead boss and it's got all these characters and it's like very cartoony it looks like something from like uh, Cartoon Network in the mid 2000s with the cartoon cartoons and cow and chicken and johnny bravo it looks like something straight out of that era and it really interested me and it's a uh it's a top down uh or side on top down kind of game uh room by room luigi's mansion basically you're this big 
goofy guy and you go out and you blast ghosts and then once you blast them enough you suck them up in your vacuum and you try not to hurt the environment or maybe you do try to hurt the environment because you get money i don't know it it's got a lot going on it looks like it's obviously got a lot of charm in the art style and somebody really wanted to make luigi's mansion but different yeah with a and top it down looks effect. like they did it yeah i think this was my number four correct uh no this was your number three my number three okay oh no no this was your number four yeah okay yeah so um and it was uh c the rate or b uh so you gave this one a c uh i gave it a b minus and put it at third gotcha so i guess i'll go over my little explanation first i was not a huge fan of it um, I've played a lot of games like this in the past where you just have like vacuums or things that you got to suck up enemies or blow them up or whatever it may be. And for me, it just, it wasn't that great. It's been done a lot and it's kind of like the explodents too. Like that's been done a lot. Yeah. And, um, better. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and it's been done better. Exactly. And this is one of those situations where this game has been done better as well. And you also look at the controls again, you know, this one wasn't as bad as some of the other ones um, in terms of having like a section where you have to press a button, uh, but it was still pretty close on that. There were times where I was trying to maneuver around and hand was slipping again, or I was just not touching the right part of the screen and, you know, things just went haywire. Mm -hmm. So for me, control wise, but it was, it was still pretty fun. It wasn't bad. I would... I would say, even though it's ranked my number four, I would probably play it over Explodents. Yeah. You know, even though it's ranked my number four, uh -huh. um, I would probably play it over Explodents. Yeah, I, I get that. So, uh, I mean, I gave this game my third. I thought that it had a lot of charm. I just thought that the other two games we played were better. So I don't think it's actually anything that's this game's fault. I think it's probably like a fine game. It does what it needs to do. It does it well enough to be a part of this collection but i think that what it brings to the table isn't necessarily a great gameplay but it might be a funny interesting story once it kind of gets out there like i could definitely tell that there's gonna be a lot like i said it just oozes charm it'll be a fun game to see where it goes and i think that's gonna say a lot about these because not every game is going to be a revolutionary new this is the future of mobile gaming kind of situation but these games were all very carefully chosen they're among their peers some of the best that you could probably get your hands on for you know this type of system and i think that it's a strong showing for their launch and i hope that the apple arcade lasts longer than the vectrix arcade did well and I can tell you right now, man, with these games, if you put these games on a console and had like an actual controller, I would probably enjoy them a little bit more than mm -hmm. I did than playing on an iPad. But that's just my preference. I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big PC gamer, and I'm not a big mobile gamer yep. as well. I'm more of the you have to have a controller in hand type situation. Yep. So uh, we didn't score um, Armor Attack though. Oh. We didn't give our grades on that. Armor Attack, you we didn't even gave talk it, about it a B plus, and I gave it a B. And I said it was third, and you said it was third. Well, 
that works. We're pretty close on all of these. So Armor Attack was, um, I mean, you, we talked about the sound. The sound was great. The visuals were very distinct. Like the tanks looked like tanks. Uh, it had like a system where if you shot the tank, it would be disabled, but it could still shoot you. You had to shoot it again to fully disable it. I like that. I like the, the definition crashing. of the missiles. The missiles looked like missiles. They weren't just like a dot. They were yeah. shaped like a missile, and they were cool. Yeah, and if you compare it to like this console having come out around the same time frame, well, I well guess... in this game itself being the oldest from 1980. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of con- so the reason for that crash, obviously in the 80s, there's a lot of saturation in markets. So it'd be interesting to compare to Vectrix to a lot of those other consoles that did see more success, and and really kind of get the idea of like was it really better and was it really just a did it really just kind of suffer from the effects of so much being in the market which i think ultimately is what it was like this is a really cool console yeah like back then if i was alive back then and of that age i probably would have loved to have this console in my home dude like yeah these were fun games these were fun games and i could see how you know it probably would have done better in a setting where it wasn't competing against the floods of other things, just, you know, soaking up the market. Because it's an all-in-one, too. That The the fact that it's got its own screen with it, yeah, and I mean, the controller it even just kind of plugs into it. Yeah, it even says on their built-in screen, no TV hookup needed, like, yeah. on the box. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty... It was definitely probably ahead of its time for what it was. Yeah, I think it was ahead of its time, and on top of that, it was a victim of, you know, saturation in the market. I think that's ultimately what it came down to. I honestly prefer this over some of the other things I own, like uh, the Intellivision and the Atari 2600 and 7800 and all that stuff. Like, I prefer this over those, Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, And I really think we need to get some homebrew games, man. Yeah, and a multi-cart. Yeah, well, like, it would be it would definitely be interesting to check out some more Vectrix in the future. But you know, I think that this was a fun look at where home arcade used to be and where home arcade is now, and everything kind of dovetailed really nicely with this. And you know, we've seen the evolution of these games and these genres, and. I just want to see what that means for us. You know, we're done with our one year. We've had our Vectrix year, and now we're moving on towards the future, towards our own Apple Arcade of the game deflators and everything to come. So next week, we'll get back on the regular schedule. We'll talk to you about... We haven't forgotten about Dark Angel Vampire Apocalypse, people. Oh, no, we haven't. We'll we'll get to that in the future. What is that rated, by the way? Not good, John. Not good. Dude, we have got to get on a better streak of picking better games. Well, we've got a lot to pick from. We just got to think before we act. Yeah, I mean, I just picked up a good eight new games this week, so... Yeah, your your stuff that's piled on the floor is really starting to get out of control. Yeah, I got to find a new shelving system here somehow. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, well, out. hey, John, one year, man. Good job. Yeah, dude, I am... So stoked. I can't believe we did 47 episodes this 47 year. 47 episodes. We only missed five weeks. Well, actually, no, we did... We, we only missed five weeks. We have lost episodes. So we've done 50. One of them still hasn't been released. Are they not in the number count? No, technically not. Oh, okay. So then we, uh, we did even better than we thought. Pretty sweet, dude. Way to close it on a victory. 
definitely. All right, well, uh, we might have to figure something else to close out the episodes. Yeah, but, don't uh, forget uh, to enter our contest. Hit us up on any of our social media. Leave us a comment somewhere in the video, in the YouTube video. Down below, if you're listening to on YouTube, do that. If you're listening to on iTunes, give us a five star and say, hey, I want what you got. And we give do, me that prize. And we do actually interact on Twitter and Instagram. So uh, at any point, feel free to comment. So uh, we should get a new closure on uh, this on these episodes down the road. But uh, my name's John. I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.